You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 52. And if you are not already subscribed, you can find us at Geeks Unleashed everywhere, including your favorite podcast platform. Remember, five-star reviews help us get found by more listeners, so please rate and review Geeks Unleashed on Apple or Podchaser. I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. And this week's reviews are The Army of the Dead on Netflix, and this month's pilot season is Demon Slayer, also on Netflix. And spoiler warning, this is a review show, so if you have not had a chance to watch Army of the Dead or Demon Slayer, you might want to pause this and come back later. Well, in case you didn't realize, we've just fiddled things a little around on our beginnings and yeah. also our change endings. Is good. The, uh, change is good. We decided to shuffle things up. Hope you enjoy the slightly rejigged new format for yeah. uh, issue 50, issue, uh, episode 52. Hey, onwards. it could be issue 52. Uh, it, could, yeah, it could be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we could just go full comic book and uh, yep. become issues. So yeah. <laughs> actually, talking of comics, didn't you read some this week? I actually read some old ones. So I had this pile of things that just I bought a long time ago that I never got to. So I kind of was tooling around and I uh, I ended up getting the first issue of that new Joker comic from. Oh, did, did you read it? Um, yeah, I didn't love it. I mean, I didn't hate it uh, by any means, but I guess I don't know what I was. Exp- I think we talked about this before, like giving Joker his own book is kind of weird territory because then you're taking away like the the aspect of his background that was always kind of mysterious in the first place but the the way they've handled it really is it isn't really a joker book like i mean he's kind of in it it's a obviously a commissioner gordon the gordon book uh chasing uh the joker like i mean offered a contract for was it millions or something like that to kill the joker and um i like the premise of it and i i think i had this debate with somebody on not debate like comment with somebody on instagram about like you know the fact that it's not really a joke book it's um obviously commissioner gordon is the star of it and mm. i was like well the trouble is if they'd have called the book say gordon would it sell as well as calling it joker well so, did gotham pd do as well as they thought it would i don't think that book did as well it went on yeah. i'm sure it went on for more than like 20 issues like, i love I the concept of uh following around commissioner gordon um but honestly, I think that they, that would have been a much better thing to have done with a TV show, Hint, Hint, Gotham, which should <laughs> have been more about uh, Commissioner Gordon or Gordon. But instead, it was Little oh, Kid Batman. Like, oh, oh, man, that, t- it was just oh like, that TV show. Every season, it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, did you read anything else or? No, I watched a couple of uh, watched a couple of anime. I watched this one anime, and for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it. It's it's really long, something along the lines of, "I got rejected, and then I shaved and took in a high school runaway, or something like that." Was it called? Uh, I think that's what it's called. Like, I think that whole thing is the title. Um, (laughs) It's ridiculous. Was it? Uh, Was it? uh, Were they? Were they inspired by Panic at the Disco or something? Maybe I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's kind of weird because it starts off and like this dude is walking home drunk one night and he finds this teenage girl just like sitting in the street and ends up letting her stay at his place and of course you think that you know something shady is going to happen and nothing does and so as the series progresses he tries to like 
basically uplift her and say like you don't have to keep doing what you had been doing because she ran away from home and and like slept her way to tokyo to and and that that was her plan for when she met this guy but he wouldn't sleep with her uh and it's just it's it's interesting like it's taking taken an interesting turn i think i'm on episode actually i think i'm caught up because i think it's a current series so i finished episode eight but it's gotten to the point where he he's helped her get a job and you know her she pays like pays rent by doing chores and cooking dinner and that kind of stuff um but it's interesting because he'll be like you can't keep doing this like you're worth more than this you need to value yourself and you need to treat yourself better and you need to stop stop uplifting the stupid people around you and realize your own worth and your own self self value and so it's kind of gotten an interesting message but like that first episode i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) so it's a very serious uh subject for yeah yeah how about you you pick up anything new uh it's been a busy week but actually i did watch before not well a couple hours before we started recording the friends reunion episode well well it's more like a movie almost it's almost two hours long so is it just a one and done kind of thing yeah, in fact, actually, Courtney Cox in the show does reference that she doesn't want to do this again. Like she, <laughs> she I, I don't know. I don't think she meant it in a horrible way. I think she's like, you know, we've kind of we've done the reunion now. We don't. She did say something like, "We've done the reunion." I don't. She gets. I think her words were something like, "I don't want to do this again in 15, 20 years." And yeah. um, like she's like, you know, we've. I guess I know what she means. They've done a reunion. You don't want to be doing another reunion. Like yeah. I guess. I guess what would be the point in doing another reunion because um well they've done it so uh, yeah so I mean I've got mixed opinions on it um it's quite funny because I some I think a lot some of the opinions I have are are shared I did see a quite funny one so I mean people listening to this might think this is weird my first opinion my first opinion is I really can't stand James Corden um (laughs) like honestly really can't and it's not a oh I'm so jealous that he's an Englishman who's gone off and made it big in Hollywood no honestly I'm I'm all up for people doing well and you know I just honestly think James Corden is so cringeworthy and really just not a good interviewer like and his question like so when they were on the sofas being on his questions are just honestly awful like i honestly hate the i one of my key things i hate is when people say oh how did you feel or or like oh what was that like or you know just generally all those kind of things like oh you know like you know what do you what do you think they felt like you know (laughs) fairly obvious questions like you know i wanted to see like he just i don't know he's not there's one there was one question there i kind of liked like um uh, i mean there was one question he asked it and immediately i cringed but then i realized he'd set the question up for for a guest star that popped out which Uh, so immediately immediately when i was slagging it off he's like oh who had the most iconic laugh on the show uh and they were talking they were and i thought well what i thought what a terrible question and then but the six of them were talking amongst themselves and then and then suddenly janice comes out and even and like we were like oh how did they not say janice like yeah i had no idea that was my first thought and straight away she you know like that was the most iconic laugh on the show and um so but the other thing was and I don't know, like, what's going on with Matthew Perry, but, like, it's clearly not in a good way. Like, I don't know whether... I mean, I know that they've released... I think there was a statement released that apparently had emergency tooth surgery, and that's why his speech was slurred. And 
you know, I'm not going to make up any kind of guesses about why his speech might be slurred, but I mean, I hope, it, you know, I don't you know, I hope, I hope that it was a tooth thing and that he's okay. And like, but he did, he did seem to be having quite a lot of difficulty speaking and he did, I don't generally seem like something was wrong with him and, and he yeah. doesn't, and he, you know, I don't know how old he is, like early 50s. He doesn't look like he's aged well at all. Like, I mean, and I know he's struggled with dr- drugs and drink and stuff, like, and it's obviously a sad thing, but that's kind of the sad thing there. Like, me and, me and my wife talk about how the best one and who's. Oh, yeah, aged Chandler was my favorite. Oh, that's the thing. That's why it was so hor- horrible. Like, Chandler was like my favorite character. And and what was a bit annoying about this reunion was that he hard, that Matthew Perry hardly spoke throughout it. And when he did, it was kind of quite slurred speech. And mm-hmm. I. I was kind of hoping for a bit more from him, actually. David Swimmer was probably... the David Swimmer and Jennifer Aniston were probably the two most talkative in the, in the show. And actually, that was one of the questions James Corden did ask. It was the only question I liked. It was a cringy question. So it was kind of... This bit was probably the most brave. He did say, did anyone in the show almost get together, like, behind the scenes? And I, and I don't think there's from memory than any I guess when the show came out there wasn't really social media and the internet wasn't as big yeah um so I don't remember ever hearing about anything um but apparently Jennifer Aniston and David Schumer almost kind of got together um like but, the, but, but but like we, when they said that they almost kind of but they did talk about how they kind of fancied each other and they, or they kept saying they crushed on each other and me and my wife were like they clearly got together behind the scenes. They yeah. clearly, they just don't want to say it. Like, um, you know, so I, I, I did enjoy the Friends reunion. I thought there were some good moments in it. Like they put, they replayed like the quiz in the apartment and there's a few guest stars. I want to know what happened to Paul Rudd though. Like that was like the best person they had on the show as a guest star. And like, they didn't even mention him. So. What, um, did, what did Hank Azaria pop up? Did who? Hank Azaria. He was the uh, Max and Vince or the phoebe's minsk uh boyfriend before Paul oh Rudd. no 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 in fact they they this i mean to be honest there were so many things like we, that i think they missed out like the list was endless of the amount of guest stars that they should have had and they they didn't have enough in honesty they there was a lot of stuff i would love to have seen them address or comment on that they, they did give a hypothetical of what would have happened to their to their you know, thing, uh, you know, to their characters and mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Aniston sort of said to Ross, I think we would have got married and had some more kids and that was kind of it. Um, and then they said to Courtney Cox and then she started saying she can imagine that she, because she was so, you know, so wanted to do everything, she said she can imagine that although her kids are probably older, that she's probably still involved in school life somehow. Yeah, and she's probably one do, of those neurotic helicopters. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was saying about doing the, uh, you know, bake sales and all the rest of it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um and then actually that Matthew Perry did look a little bit annoyed because she was talking about everything that her character would do. And then he was like, oh, hello. And then she, and he went, and then she goes, yeah, okay, you'd still be making me laugh as well. Like, and um, and then I can't remember what Phoebe, oh, Phoebe said something about weird children or something or other, because obviously Phoebe was weird. I can't remember what she said now. Um, but I thought what was funny was they said to Joey, what would you be doing? He said, oh, Joey would probably be doing a um, own his own sandwich bar on Venice Beach. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like that's probably the best answer so far. Like, I don't know. I, I sort of, like I say, got mixed opinions. I think I wanted more from it. Um, I definitely would have loved it if they could, if they could release a um, Snyder cut where there's no James Corden. Like, it just you know, getting a better interviewer, in my opinion. I'm, you know, get get Graham Norton. You know, I'm probably get you know Graham Norton's brilliant. Do you know Graham Norton? Yes. 
Oh, okay, sorry, I just shouldn't assume because I know he's English. I don't like, like and um, so if that, do you know what? Graham Norton would have been a brilliant host, but I know he's not as recognized as James Corden, so yeah, you no, know, one of my favorite late night hosts is always Craig Ferguson. Yeah, he would have been good. I loved Craig Ferguson, he was great. he's actually hilarious, like yeah. he's actually hilarious. I, do you know what? If he'd have been, but the I know why they want James Corden because he yeah, licks yeah. the arse of all the celebrities, and you know, he's definitely he definitely he loves schmoozing with the celebrities, and he's he very much kind of does a little bit what's he, he seems to do a lot of what celebrities want, mm-hmm. and um, he doesn't really go in with hard questions, so I think his his like scripted segments are much better like his carpool karaoke is one of the best segments ever to hit late night tv i loved it so much so let's move on to our news of the week and um you kick it off all right so first news bit Uh aha we're kicking it off with disney and Denai Gurira as Okoye is set to return for a Disney Plus spinoff series. So, hell yeah, we need more Dormilaje for sure. Um, it's uh, just basically they say it's like an origin kind of story. They, they didn't really give too many details, but uh, definitely uh, Denai is back. Hopefully that means Francis Kasumba is back too because Ayo is fantastic. I love her. So I, I don't care what kind of story they're telling, but if, if especially if they're doing a Dora Milaje sort of origin story or backstory, hell yeah, I'm super stoked about that. I'm, yeah, I'm quite excited about this. I'm, I, what I think I've realized actually what they're doing with these Disney Plus shows is that they're showing stuff that people wouldn't necessarily care if they didn't watch them. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I love watching them. Yes, but but they realize that the buy-in is too high if you have to watch 29,000 movies plus 13,000 TV shows. So Yeah, so if you look at WandaVision and um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so I'm a sh- I, I, I obviously this is an assumption on my part because I haven't watched whatever movies will follow. But what I'm assuming is Captain America 4 will just show the Falcon now as Captain America and Winter Soldier will be there. And for somebody who's just watched the last Avengers movie and then picks up Captain America 4 without watching the show, they'll they'll just assume that he just went from being given the shield by Steve Rogers to become Captain America. Mm-hmm. And most people will probably accept that and be happy with that. I probably would watch that and go, oh, like I always do. But I want to know what happened. I want to yeah. know, like, you know. Like, and, uh, that's but, what sets the nerds apart. But yeah, but that's where the Disney Plus show steps in. It fills in the gap for <clears throat> for people like me who go, I want to know what happened. Yeah. And um, like, you know, and uh, it became Captain America too easily. Well, actually, he didn't. He didn't become Captain America too easily. And, um, and the same with WandaVision. So I'm assuming that when Doctor Strange 2 kicks in, that Wanda's going to be full Scarlet Witch. And we're probably just going to have to assume that she just went a bit nuts off screen and, and then came back as, as Wanda, as, sorry, as Scarlet Witch. And, you know, and there might be a reference to, I've been through a hard time since Vision died, but mm-hmm. you can, again, assumptions all on my part. But so I'm assuming that this show is going to be a little bit like that. I think when it's an origin story, it's going to be a bit like, okay, well, you can watch Black Panther 2 and you're not going to need to know necessarily what her origin is. But right. if you want it, if you want to go pick up Disney Plus. Having said all of that, I think this origin story is going to be brilliant. I think it's going to be probably six to eight episodes of brilliantness. Yeah. Well, um, also like Wakanda is fairly new in the, in the realm of visualized Disney lore um, or cinematic Disney lore at the very least. So it's, it provides the most opportunity for you to tell origin stories and backstories because 
audiences don't know much about Wakanda at all. Yeah, they probably won't have any. Well, I don't know what they'll do about Black Panther in an origin story. So, or it could be maybe um, I've forgotten his name, T'Challa's father, or something. T'Chaka. Yeah, so it could be something like that um, as a way of not showing T'Challa in the, in the, in the show. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I'd love it if there was some more information. But when we know more, I'm sure you'll hear from us. Definitely. So, Aaron Taylor Johnson, actually the the brother of Scarlet Witch in an Avengers yeah. movie, uh, has been cast as Craven the Hunter in a Sony. Mar- I know they say Marvel, but it's Sony that have the rights to Marvel. Uh, it's not a Marvel production; it's a Sony movie, mm-hmm. and it's going to be released on the thirteenth of January two thousand and twenty three. Okay, so I have questions. I have I, questions I, about this. I've got First one question. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> who gives a shit about Craven having his own movie? Like oh, a no, full-on no. solo villain film for a villain that half the people that are going to eventually watch it have never even heard of? That's bizarre. I think it's going to have the same problem that Venom has. So Venom, Venom, watching Venom 1 was a bit like you had to create a vil- um, an origin story without Spider-Man, where Spider-Man, as Venom's origin, is connected so heavily to Spider-Man. Craven the Hunter is so entwined with Spider-Man. What are they going to do? I'm sure in the hands of a really good writer, it could be a really good movie. And we could end up with a really good standalone movie if it was done right. However, <laughs> Sony Sony have such a yeah. bad track record. Don't get me wrong, the first two Tobey Maguire movies were good. The Amazing Spider-Man movies were not so good. Um, Into the Spider-Verse was really good, though. That they That's, unfortunately, their one redeeming film. Mm-hmm. Venom is just a whole Venom pile of was garbage. fun to watch, but wow. Venom was a terrible film. Oh, it was a terrible film. The trouble terrible with the terrible film, film was... So many people went and watched it. Mm-hmm. So then Sony thought, yeah, we did it. Like, we've done it. But no, no, no. You made money on a bad movie. Well, like, oh, well technically Deadpool. Is Deadpool Sony, right? No, no, that was Fox. Oh, Fox. See, there's just yeah, too, yeah. there's too many cooks in the kitchen there. Yeah, but not anymore now. Uh, Marvel got Deadpool now. So uh, they just need to get Spider-Man back. And then, they, and then oh, honestly. So, I mean, I said this the other day when I saw the Venom 2 trailer nobody go watch it let it crash let it burn don't go and support i know but people but we we will probably go and watch it that's the trouble we'll go and watch it because i did watch the first venom in theaters and like literally as as i'm sitting in the theater i was like god this movie is awful but damn i can't stop laughing like i I thought venom was so funny I think I said this on the podcast before. I had a couple of beers, went in and watched it. That probably yeah, that's helped. the only way to watch that. Movie. And that's the, do you know what? That's the only time I've ever watched that film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, uh, I too have never watched Venom sober. I, I think the only time, we'll, <laughs> the only time we'll ever watch Venom again is if we actually say we're going to do it for this podcast or something. So yeah, that I'll, should I'm be not, a I'll, fun episode. There'd be many beers. Three it, so. sheets to the wind and yeah. Venom too. <laughs> so to come to your answer about who cares. I ran a couple of polls on Twitter and Instagram. I will give you some results of who cares. Please tell me, because I want to know. So did, did, did people actually ask, uh, specific, like people called up Sony. He's like, hey, Sony, I got an idea. Uh, Craven, Craven, Craven the Hunter. And Sony was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, no, nobody cares. Nobody right, okay, cares. so who cares? On Twitter, uh, we had quite a lot of votes. We got a overwhelming 
63 percent of nobody cares nobody cares <laughs> and and the people that did care was 37 percent on instagram it did worse 80 percent didn't care and 20 percent did i would say overall that's a hundred percent i don't know <laughs> Uh, well, I, don't I, don't know know yeah, I don't know if my uh, mask works there. I don't know if my mask works there. Before but, that news was announced, yeah. I had no idea who Craven the Hunter was. I don't read Spider-Man either. So Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he, he's a good he's a great villain. Uh, he's an amazing villain. I, I mean I recently was reading um uh, a storyline and where Craven the Hunter's in actually, and I really enjoyed it. So uh, I won't go into all of that, but like um I don't I don't care. Like, and actually, I know how we just joked about going to see Venom. I wouldn't be interested in seeing this. For the podcast, I probably would watch it if we we're going to review it, which we probably will. But oh, just like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not interested. I, I am personally not interested in investing in another studio's franchise. Like, I, I'm invested in DC, regardless of how upset DC makes me. Uh, I'm already invested in Marvel. Like I don't have the I don't have the capacity for another Sony rebuild or I just don't get what Sony's trying to do. Have this whole universe of Spider-Man's villains, but making them kind of slightly heroic, um, like Venom. I know Ven- Venom is an anti-hero. You know, Venom Venom in the comics is kind of like uh, he he goes between hero and villain. We know that. Like he does have a you know, and Eddie Brock has gone recently through a recent redemption story arc, and but. Craven is a villain, um, <laughs> and and um, what's the other one? Is it uh, is it Morbius? No, was it the vampire one that got Morbius? Is that yeah? It? I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morbius. I mean, Morbius is a villain. Like I know, every, I know in the comics, well, villains sometimes will skate on the other side and become a bit of a hero occasionally, but they're like ninety percent villain. So yeah, and I'm not. I've no problem with villain with a good villain movie. But so I, you far, know me, I love a good villain. But yeah, I, I've got no problem with a good villain movie. But again, I just feel Sony, Sony can't be trusted. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right. they can't. So, be. Our apologies to Sony. Yeah. <laughs> Sony. Awesome. <laughs> they just need to say. That's why I kind of keep hoping that Kevin. That, sorry that. Kevin Feige can somehow get control of all these people, all these characters, and just, you know, actually give us some good movies. Because the other trouble is, there is, do you know, the thing is, though, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man has got some really good villains. And I think, I think we've had this conversation before that Marvel does struggle with good villains. They have really good heroes. Mm-hmm. But we, but over the movie years, other than Thanos, we've not seen any really decent villains. And, um, I think of the entire Marvel universe, the Kingpin in the Daredevil show obviously was probably a really outstanding villain. I would say in terms of the the whole wider connected world, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's ever been. I think Thanos and Kingpin for me are probably the two best villains that Marvel managed to put out in its last ten years of running. But, I mean, I think you could argue that Loki is a good villain. Yeah, Loki, yeah, but Loki does flick between the two. That's like, true. Very true. He's wishy yeah. washy. No, no, I'm talking about standout villain, villain. Craven the Hunter and would be and Morbius would be brilliant villains if you started putting them into the Spider-Man world. I, yeah, it's it's hard to be drawn to a villain if the villain doesn't have a heroic hero. foe, right? Like, yeah. 
it, yeah. it, so it's weird to introduce a villain. But that's why you need to kind of make that villain now a hero. So they kind of have, uh, yeah. anyway, I'm done talking about this. Like, we spent way too much talking about Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven the Hunter. Apparently, so. apparently we cared enough to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving right along to a little bit more Marvel news. The Book of Boba Fett, uh, which is going to be starring Temura Morrison and Ming-Na Wen. They will both be reprising their roles from The Mandalorian. Uh, the series is set now to premiere on Disney Plus December 2021. So we'll be getting a new Mandalorian Realm show this year as well. So that's cool because the first time I ever saw uh, Temra was in, which one was it? Matrix Revolutions or uh, whatever the second Matrix was. I think he was in that one. And I was like, man, I love this guy. And of course, he's been in a ton of stuff since then. So uh, I, I enjoyed his his Boba Fett's like shadow character in The Mandalorian as well. And of course, I love Ming Na Wen. I mean, I've I've been a huge Ming Na Wen fan for a very long time. So any opportunity for her to be in a TV series and she is being a badass, I'm down for. Hmm. It. I mean, I. I'm excited actually. I think it was a really cool twist uh, to have the Book of Boba Fett announced at the end of the Mandalorian season two, especially as like I think it was like the season finale of the Mandalorian. Like I think they were about a week before, maybe two weeks before, there was the Disney pre- press conference where they'd said all their full oh, God, state. The thing full, that was like a four and a half hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, full yeah. state, full state of affairs for the next two, three years or something like that. But yeah. they deliberately didn't mention the Book of. Um, or Book of Boba Fett, and then when season two finale happened, and then that suddenly goes to be continued the Book of Boba Fett, I was like, oh, cool. I was like really excited. And, um, so, oh, yeah, I mean, and it's nice to see that Disney Plus paying for the subscription is panning out, that we are getting more content. And I know yeah. I know, COVID was to blame for a lot of the delaying content, but it's nice to see that it's not just movies from the 70s and the 80s filling up that app. I mean, to be fair, though, they said that at the very beginning, that they were launching their network, but they weren't going to have very much original content for a couple of years, at least, so... Yeah, but at well, least they, they're taking they got all the money in. They got all the money in from us to pay for yeah. it before they, they started. We, we paid for all of that stuff to happen, so yeah. <laughs> we should be given some shareholdings in Disney Plus. <laughs> Good luck that's with that. They, that's what they should have done. Though. Um, <laughs> anyway, the Eternals trailer dropped uh, this week too. It stars Angelina Jolie as Thena, Salma Hayek as Ajak, Gemma Chan as Cersei, Richard Madden as Igris, Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman, and there's loads of other people. It's a huge cast. It's, it's actually kind of weird because they kind of they've already said there's no like lead character. Out of all of these characters, though, the one I'm the most excited to see is Kit Harrington as Dame Whitman, who in the comic books is none other than the Black Knight. Um, so I'm excited to see Dame Whitman wow, as the Black Kit Knight. Wow, Kit Harrington branching out from medieval stuff. Okay, okay, let's not let's not bag, <laughs> let's not bag on Kit Harrington. Like, we, we, I'm, I, he's all right. Like, you know, I know, I know, it is a little bit. He probably should have said no, but he probably said yes because it's a Marvel movie. And yeah, let's yeah. Be honest, Nobody he's probably, turns down. Marvel. Nobody's enough to turn down Marvel. He's probably signed up for at least three to five movies, and so that's you know he's probably. You kidding me? If Marvel called me, I would drop everything else I was doing and be like, "Yep, where do I sign?" I I would one hundred percent be there too. So he's probably able now to pay for his next four houses. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's been to come out on the fifth of November in the UK this year. I. 
I mean, I saw the trailer and I was like, it's it's pretty and you know everybody looks great. I'm excited for. I'm always excited to see Jimmy Chan in anything. Hmm. I'm not Jimmy Chan, yeah. But uh, like, it had zero impact on me. So yeah, I felt the same. I was a bit like when we wrote down our notes, you were like, we, you, you you put down the trailer, and I was like, oh, the trailer. I was like, <laughs> I was like, it looks pretty. Yeah, like, exactly. And like, it looks nice, but and and, and again, I'll watch it. I yeah. will watch it. I will watch it in the cinema, though. Like, you know, I'm definitely big screen. This, you know, well, I, I want to watch all the Marvel movies on the big screen, but I definitely want to see this on the big screen. And it's probably going to be absolutely amazing. The trailer hasn't shown, and maybe that's deliberate. Maybe the trainer has deliberately not shown enough to get you, like, to to get it, to be ruined by it. There's one thing though that really stood out and annoyed me, and I hope they give a good explanation. Was oh, we've been watching you for years, but we've not interfered. It's like, well, where the fuck were you when Thanos like flicked his finger? and mm-hmm. killed off 50 percent of the of the population of the entire you know universe so i want a real good explanation for why they sat back and just watched that so i my money is on that is the plot of the film the plot of the film is going to be some of the eternals have decided that sitting on the sidelines is bullshit while the other ones are like no no this is how it has to be done it has to be done mm-hmm. this way humanity has to evolve on humanity's track um yeah. And then there will be fighting within the internals. It's my guess. I have no idea, though. I don't know anything about the internals. Me neither. I have read quite a few comics with the Black Knight, though. And, um, not enough to, to know that much, but I have read some with the Black Knight, and I, I liked them. So, And um, I think from memory, shoot me if I'm wrong, um, a long time ago, Marvel bought Malibu Comics, and they crossed over some Marvel characters into the Malibu, the, well, the Ultraverse, as it was called. And Black Knight, Black Knight, I'm pretty sure, was one of the characters that went over to be on one of the teams. And I, mm-hmm. God, I've forgotten the name of it. But anyway, and I think that was one of the first times I ever read Black Knight. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I don't know anything. I'll still watch it. Not over The trailer didn't really do too much for me, but I'll still watch it. And that is our news of the week. I want to say that there's always loads of shit out there. Yeah. <laughs> it was a busy uh, week. We, we we tried to narrow it down. So yeah, we narrow it down for. We know you've got fast lives, busy lives. We know you're in your Teslas. You're doing ninety on the freeway or the motorway if you're over here. Not you know, on the uh, autobahn. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What's that? It's in Germany where they got oh. the freeway that doesn't have a speed limit. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Anyway. Our first review is Army of the Dead on Netflix. How precisely do we do the zombie killing? Is there anybody else here who hasn't killed a zombie? Well, we all know the basics. Zombies, shamblers, the undead, whatever you want to call them. When it comes to killing them, it's all about the brain. If one comes at you, shoot it in the brain. It's that simple. Any questions? Yes. The director is none other than Mr. Snyder Cut himself, Zack Snyder. Yes, and Netflix this, already said that this, this is the Snyder Cut. I know, I liked that. I, thought, I liked that. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I thought, well, I thought, firstly, before you challenge us, it yeah. is the Snyder Cut. Like, right. Also, so, rightfully so, the film's runtime is two hours and 28 minutes. Yeah, so you know it's the Snyder Cut. So. Yeah. Screenplay is Zack Snyder, Shay Hatton, Joe Jobby. Joby, Harold. Uh, there's a lot of people in this movie. It's a big cast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be totally frank with you. Not, not everybody makes it out alive. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know, what? 
not that, not that, not that I would watch this film with kids, but you can imagine if oh, you did. No. Oh no, 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 oh no, 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 no. But I mean, joke. I was about to put a joke here. Like, whenever I watch anything with my children, and obviously I watch age appropriate stuff, but still people do die in age appropriate stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, and then they're like, "Are they really dead?" No, they're not really dead. But like, and we have to get, remind them that, like, and then I'm like, nobody would sign up to a movie if they get killed in the movie. <laughs> Just have a good, like they are alive they're good yeah. actors like so anyway dave batista who is everybody's favorite drax um from guardians of the galaxy so just playing putting that out there so ella pernell is in this omari oh, hardwick uh anna de la reguera yeah, okay, there we go. Theo Rossi, mm-hmm. who I am currently doing the rewatch of Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Yeah, yeah. So there's loads of other people in this. So I'm not going to go through any more names. Right. I deliberately did not watch the trailer of this movie. However, I only saw maybe one or two pictures of this movie. And I did see a picture of them all standing in the safe, which still was fairly spoilerish for me. So I gathered that there was a safe and I gathered there was some theft. Yes. But in my mind, I thought, why the fuck in the middle of a zombie outbreak is someone going to go rob a, rob a safe? Who cares? Ah, that's a valid question. And and if, they do provide an answer in the film. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know. So what I assumed, I might, okay, before we jump into what this movie is about, I made an assumption that it was <laughs> going to, like, that there was a zombie outbreak and, as usual, a zombie outbreak around the world. That's not uh, that that. And so I thought, well, when there's a zombie outbreak, who cares about robbing some banknotes? Like, yeah. you know, well, well, so then I started to think, well, maybe they're robbing it for gold. Maybe gold, I thought, still has some value in this current world, um, which probably would would happen. Like, you know, if the world, if the if the if the you know the economy collapsed, gold would still have value. Like, so so that's what I thought. I thought maybe it's like a gold thing. So right, okay. So I, all my assumptions are wrong. Um, there is a highest part, which is what I'll come to. However, there's a zombie outbreak. And it's done very cleverly, I felt, and it's covered very well in the first sort of 10, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So you see a couple of army dudes, and a couple of them you'll recognise driving down the driving down the, the motorway. Um, they're sort of guarding a tanker. There's two or three vehicles, and then you keep going to this other car uh, where you see a very frivolous couple um, enjoying themselves, driving along. And I couldn't actually, in my mind, I couldn't quite work out what was going on because they kept cutting between the two cars. Uh, And then it it did actually become fairly self-explanatory when you saw them both on collision course for each other and the car hits the uh, truck covering the the tanker, uh, the the crate, sorry. And um, all hell breaks loose. And then one of the soldiers is sort of messaging saying, you know, radio and we need help we need help and then they're like is the tank open and they're like yeah yeah and then the woman on the phone was like get the fuck out of there basically yeah. go 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 and um nobody what, listened no 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 in that crate there's a zombie which i figured there was once she's like get away from there well i've actually figured that out before that but for, get get away from there get away from there zombie gets out kills all the soldiers that guy on the radio runs off to the desert with one of his pals um the zombie and this is the first thing I was quite surprised by this. The zombie was fast. The zombie mm-hmm. was 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 actually unusually fast, almost like vampire speed fast. Yeah. So that's quite an unusual thing to see in most vampire things. However, I I did um, 
not last year, 2019, I watched the first season of Black Summer on Netflix, which was a really horrible zombie uh, TV series. And the vampires actually did run and were aggressive and, and actually would chase you down. And you that, mean that, the zombies? That, sorry, what did I say? Vampires? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I meant zombies, yeah. So zombie, the ch- zombies chased you down and stuff like that. So I was a bit surprised that they See, that's were having... what freaked me out the most about 28 Days Later. Like, I am not, you, and World War Z, like, I am not a fan of the fast-moving zombies. Like, yeah, no, neither am I. Walking Dead zombies are more my speed. Oh, yeah, no, no, I can get down with the Walking Dead zombies. Like, yeah, because you know. it gives you the uh, the illusion that you can outrun one, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's when what... they're superhuman and they run, like, freaking Usain Bolt, I'm like, fuck, oh, man, I, like, I got no I think, chance I'll get away from you. I don't, you know, I don't think we're ever likely to ever come across zombies, but if zombies were real, I would like to think, and I hope, that the Walking Dead zombies are the ones we get yeah so but but also if you think about it logically if they're if they're decaying the walking dead one makes more sense yeah. so the, the the this one was more like an evolution i wouldn't say evolution because they do seem to regress in terms of intelligence and speech capacity yeah but they were definitely um, some kind of hybrid so he, he becomes a super fast zombie and bites both these two soldiers and then this Alpha, as he becomes known later on, walks up to the top of the hill and looks down at a, on a on a glowing Las Vegas with his two other sort of it's alpha two minions. Types. Well, they're minions, but they're connected to the alpha, and they mm-hmm. ha- and I. So what they explain later on is that anyone that the alpha bites becomes like him. So they also have the speed and stuff like that. So they show show Vegas, and then they go down and see a couple of people performing, and then over some lovely Elvis music. We get to see the entire city just going to shit. Yeah. shit, yeah. So, but and I that's and so that again, I didn't think it was going to sort of escalate that quickly. I thought the movie then was going to show you know, how we got there and so that. But anyway, literally within ten minutes, the entire Vegas is zombie city, and you see a montage of people with guns doing rescuing and saving people, and then you start seeing all these um, uh, sort of shipping containers slowly. Uh, sort of going all the way around the city of Vegas. So it would only work with a city like Vegas. I mean, honestly, if a zombie outbreak happened in London, I don't know how you'd contain it. So it's a good thing Vegas was in a in a desert. So if, if Vegas had been next to Manhattan, man, we'd all be screwed. Yeah. So like, Vegas was a good city to choose for this film. So I think it, the idea of being able to section it off, I thought was actually quite a unique thing that they did so i liked i liked that i actually thought that was pretty cool that we had an entire movie which was just set in vegas and actually knowing outside of vegas actually the world was just carrying on as normal i thought that yeah. was quite good what, what did you think what did you think about the idea of i did think that was kind of vegas? interesting because it like yeah. it, it the whole well the opening sequence i thought was pretty brilliant because it it's that song that's playing the whole time it's a cover and yeah yeah it's it's just like it doesn't match the scene. It doesn't match the scene at all. I like it when it they do stuff so like perfectly. that. Perfectly, yeah. Yeah. So you you see it happening, and pe- people are getting eaten and torn to shreds and shot up. It's just like violence all over the place. And then once the scene kind of ends with them finally finishing their container wall, we jump. And I don't yeah, really know how far we jump, but I like, get the feeling it must be at least six months or something like that. Oh, I think it, it has to be much longer than that. You think it's more than that? I think, it it, has, it was... I think it's at least a few years. A few years, okay. Yeah, well, uh, but it, it's very nondescript. Like they don't give you hmm. an indicator of of just how long it has been. But like it, it goes to the next scene. It's like Dave Batista's working as a line cook, flipping burgers, and you're just yeah. like, 
what the fuck? Like it was, it was very jarring because we go from this violent, awesome opening sequence to calmly flipping burgers in the middle of nowhere. And I'm just but like, then we can see where you've got the whole Ocean's Eleven thing. Cause then, then it's a bit like they spend the next, um, I think it's like 45 minutes kind of building the team, mm-hmm. like, which is very much like George Clooney building the team before yep. the heist. So, and this is what I definitely liked was having the zombies as the, the foil prevent present um, sort of present pre- preventing sorry um, our group of speech marks heroes from um, from getting to their goal of the money right. and the foil here is the zombies so the setup here is that David Batista is flipping burgers and this Japanese guy Bly Tanaka 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 sorry I'm yeah terrible uh so by the way Dave's uh character is Scott Ward and um so Bly approaches Scott says can I have a word sits him down and says you know you saved um I think he was some sort of politician and he said and look this is how you were paid flipping burgers and he goes look you know I don't need you to come here and tell me what my life looks like and then he, he tells him that there's 200 million in this vault in las vegas and he's saying look the insurance company have already refunded me so could you go in there and, and nick it like for me and he said look i'll let you and your team keep 50 million you give me the under 150 million and we're done and I, even at that point i was a bit like hmm. yeah everybody's spidey senses should have been going off at that point because it's like you're full of shit there's no way, there's no freaking way you're going to send strangers in to get your money and yeah. tell them it's 200 million and you can keep 50 and bring me the rest and expect them to actually hold up that end of the bargain. Well, yeah, because if you're going to go nick 200 million, why not just keep 200 million? Like, it's, right. just, it's a weird thing to think. But anyway, so then he starts to build the team, etc. But, oh, sorry, just before he starts to build the team, he calls up Bly to say that he's in and when he does call Bly, he's standing with some other politicians and military type people, and he just turns to them and says he's in. At that point, I thought, okay, there's definitely a twist here. Yeah. Didn't know what the twist was at that point, but I thought there's definitely something, something's going on. And um, I'll be honest, I didn't, did, I generally didn't know what the twist was. So it builds the team up and of a variety of characters and actually some really good characters in there i loved it like yeah. the german safe cracker oh, um, D- dieter got... was my favorite dieter and uh amari hardwick's character his name i can't ever remember uh they were they were the best parts to me i loved um was it was it tig who played the helicopter oh, Tig's, yeah and, she was uh, great peter's yeah, but she but she's just playing the same character from Star Trek Discovery. But yeah. still yeah. it, it literally is the same character from Star Trek Discovery. But I still thought she she plays that character well. So yeah. um I thought I, the team was the best part of the movie. They all yeah. they all really clicked well, except for one uh character. They all really clicked <sighs> and they all really worked well together, which which made it like it it, it made it easier for you to buy into it. Like this is a ridiculous concept <laughs> in the first place, but the chemistry was there and it was kind of like, okay, I'll ride. I'll, I'll ride with this. So, so, well, they, so they get to the borders of Las Vegas. Uh, so Las Vegas. Now, in the in-between time of Las Vegas getting shut down and what's going to happen is they say that in three days' time, 
uh, the government are going to drop a nuke on the whole of Vegas. Now, there's a lot of debate. Apparently, some people still think they might be alive, these zombies. Like, you know, there's some human rights stuff going on from insane people. And, um, and But, however, there's a lot of camps outside the city of Vegas for displaced people and immigrants and things like that. And there's, they're quarantine they're like, camps. Yeah, yeah, they're quarantine camps. But, they're, yeah, they're displaced, but they're, you know, they're checking to make sure they've got no signs. And if they've been there for a couple of years, then clearly they're not zombies. Um, and then you've got Theo's character, who's one of the sort of guards there, who is an absolutely vile human, and they, yeah. you find out you find out a little bit later on that he, he he's assaulted some of the people that were in the camps and stuff like that. But he is a nasty piece of work. Now, when they get the group is together and they're about to go in, led by the coyote, who um, is played by a lady called Nora, who's a a uh, French lady who is in one of the worst shows ever made. However, I watched every episode of it called Zoo. <laughs> like, and, and she was one of my favorite characters in Zoo. I straight away recognized her. And, but what I loved about her was she's playing a completely different character who's so kick ass. And I actually did love her character in this film. So she's going to sneak them all in. She has ways of getting people in and out. And just before they're about to go into the city, they run into Dave Batista's daughter. Um, Kate Ward played by Ellen Purnell and I loved I loved the character of Kate I thought she was really feisty and as actually maybe kind of interested in this actress I'd like to see more that she's in so here the daughter decides that she's going to go with them because she realizes one of the mothers of the two children that in the camp has gone into the city because people seem to think it's a great idea to sneak in and out of Las Vegas covered in zombies honestly well, why? They, they're going in for the money that's still in the slot machines yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know why they're going in for money, but I mean, yeah. really, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if someone told me I've got to go through this shipping container, walk through a couple of streets, go into hotels that have got no power in them, probably pitch black, to try and break open. Oh my God, I literally can't compute, compute in my mind the nope. idea, the risk of potentially walking out there with two or three grand. Oh, honestly. But I understand maybe some people need that money and maybe the risk, you know, maybe the, the money outweighs the risk, which it did for this lady who left her kids behind to go and get some money. So uh, Ella Purnell's character decides she's coming. David Sister isn't too keen, but he says, right, okay, you can come along. However, you're sticking with our group. If we see your friend, we see your friend. If we don't see her, you're not going elsewhere. And I was like, yeah, right. She's going to listen to you. Like this is this is this is this is where your first problem has happened. Like mm-hmm. this is like you know you know there's every every movie there's someone who's got their own plan or whatever. Like and so yeah, it's just just terrible. So anyway, when they get through the container and they come into these streets, and I, this is I did not I, I knew that there was this one alpha like from the beginning, and then when they introduced this weird queen alpha with her kind of lackey and. They, they sort of say oh she's coming and stuff like that and um i was quite shocked by this that the coyote shoots theo's character in the leg and ties him up and leaves him on the street oh no i uh, knew that was coming the minute she said we need one more person uh, said, oh like, yeah you need bait well i don't think maybe i didn't hear that bit but like oh yeah no no, no i did hear that bit yeah it, no it, it didn't register with me honestly it didn't register with me when they said we need one person i i thought she was gonna kill him that's what i thought i thought she was literally gonna take that gun and shoot him in the head but instead she wounded him and i guess maybe the scent of blood is what draws the zombie either the scent or maybe it was no, the i think she, the no, i think i think she was still coming i think that queen was still coming uh-huh. and um because they they said something like an offering 
Yeah, um, there's a trace. So yeah, yeah, they said it'll buy us passage, which I'm assuming that this coyote has done that before, that yeah. she's probably injured people. And and so so, so that the uh, the queen zombie leaves them alone for maybe gives them like half an hour like because she was back very quickly. So yeah. so then they, they kind of all go their separate ways at this point, but we're just, just talking about Theo's character. So they take him off to this hotel, which they've kind of taken over as their premise and, the olympus and like, yeah the olympus yeah and um honestly like seeing him go in there and being dragged through the crowd of zombies and everything like that and then um the the sort of the the out the main alpha from the beginning he bites him and and the all the other zombies lift him in the air and all that kind of stuff i was just like what the hell is all of this like this is so unusual for a normal zombie film because now now you're seeing like intelligence within zombies and that's something yeah. you don't often see normally zombies are just literally like you know mindless creatures they don't yeah. normally although see, you... that's when this movie started to remind me very much of i am legend yeah 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 because i am legend was like that they had like leadership and structure vampires, didn't they? Yeah. so yeah uh-huh. so they were they although they were they were they were like vampire zombies weren't yeah they, they were or, more like zombies than vampires uh, but yeah I, but they they did so this was very unusual because a lot of zombie films you do see more more like clusters uh although they in the walking dead they do sometimes end up those clusters do join and become like a flock and you just see them like walking in like herds more Mm -hmm. like herds but they still again don't have a like a leadership like there's no there's no mind there they are just dead bodies so it's quite unusual to see this whole thing it was very disturbing to be honest and then so then you know, I'm, we could end up talking about this quite a lot. I'm trying to I probably shouldn't go into in and out of the whole scene by scene here, but basically they get into the hotel, they go into different groups. One of the most horrible scenes, probably in the whole movie for me, to be honest, was when they had to go through the corridors with all of the zombies that were sleeping, yeah, like hibernation, like, mode. hibernation. Yeah, oh, like that. That for me was. Oh, that, I'll be. That. I'll be real honest. Like I would have. I would have pissed myself. Like there. There is no way I would have been able to get through that clean and and safe like at all Uh, that was horrible so they get into the hotel and they split up into various things they sort of um one group goes to turn the generator on tig's character goes up to the helicopter on the roof because they they knew there's a helicopter up there um and then the and then the the german uh bank uh guy who's gonna own crack uh safe cracker goes there with um what's his name uh vandro yeah yeah so they go out there and start cracking the safe. However, this is now part one where it starts to go wrong. So there's two parts that start to go wrong. So the first part is when the coyote takes uh, Garrett Dillahart Hunt's character. So Garrett Dillahart was put onto this team by Bly. He said, you're going to take your man with me. Actually, sorry, that was the first part where I knew it got wrong. Once he said, you've got to take my man with you. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, I was like, you're taking this guy's man with you, which means... At that moment, you know exactly. That guy's going to betray the rest of the group. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, he, what is his real motive? Because surely there's no way that one fucking guy could carry $200 million. Like, it's oh, way yeah. too heavy for that. So, I mean, and, and actually, they make a reference later on about who's the most expendable person in the team. They all look, yeah. like, after they've killed off Theo's character, yeah. um, they, they all kind of look at Garrett Dillahunt, like, yeah. and he's like, what are you all looking at? Uh, well, they yeah, just nothing, decided you're, <laughs> you're the most expendable. So anyway, Garrett takes the coyote outside and they, they basically have a deal and they capture the queen and they he was just supposed to capture and take some blood. However, he decides he's going to take her head. Uh, being a zombie, the head still lives, the body dies. And 
again, this is this is probably like my first question here. They take the body back. So the head alpha takes the body back to his herd of, of uh, I was about to say zo- uh, vampires, zombies. Um, and we find out that the, the mother was pregnant. Which is weird. Yeah, like, how was she, does a zombie get So pregnant? was she pregnant? No, but was she pregnant already? Or have they? she become pregnant through these zombies? So that's question number one, which doesn't get answered in this movie. Nope. We don't get an answer. I don't necessarily think it's important, but it's just the first question. So going back to our team of people, they, they do crack open the safe. They do get the helicopter up and run in. Um, and all the team get up to the safe. They're all like, oh, happy, happy days, filling up all the bags, all the rest of it. And then you see that there's a lot of noise coming from where the elevator is because that alpha dude, he's pissed. Like, you just yeah, killed his queen. Exactly. You, just kill, you just killed his queen, which is a stupid, stupid thing to do. He should have just taken the blood. He should have taken the blood, left her tied up. Yeah, but okay, that, that alpha. was not his mission. Well, well, I think he said something like you probably get more money for the head or something like that. But, he, but a clever thing to have done would have been take the blood because, yeah, okay, that alpha dude would have been pissed that someone had tied her up, but he probably wouldn't have been as angry as he was <laughs> that someone had taken his bride's head. Yeah. And um, so they stormed in that thing and it went like it went, it went off shit. like yeah yeah so they were having to escape left right and center it was just chaos and but this this kind of sets up part you know like sort of kind of question two for me was when the the german guy threw um again i forgot his name the the big sort of, yeah vandra yeah threw him in the safe which i actually thought was a really honorable thing to do by the german guy so and I thought it was pretty cool that he thought he could kind of bare fist fight that alpha, and he yeah, he right. didn't do very yeah yeah he didn't do very <laughs> he didn't do very well there. So they kind of it, it basically they all end up going from fight to fight until they eventually lo- losing team member after team member. Um, I, I love the coyote though, all the way to the end until yeah. the alpha kills her, where he he throws the spear through her. And so... uh, 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 is she dead? Because uh, when he threw the spear through her, it went through a shoulder, didn't hit any major organs. Yeah, but a nuke dropped on the city. Like, oh well, touche. Okay. I'm presu- okay. I'm presuming like she died though. Yeah. So I, I forgot. I forgot about the nuke part. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've got to assume that she didn't make it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so by, by this point, really, you've got Dave Patista alive, his daughter uh, Kate is alive. She, by the way, she's gone off and decided to rescue her friend who's in the Olympus, yeah, and she's got her back. There was a bit of a thingy. They all meet up. Um, they they get on the helicopter. They have to go get her from the Olympus, etc., with the pilot uh, Tig, and um, the Alpha does get on the helicopter. They end up leaving the city with the Alpha, and the nuke drops on the whole city, kills everybody off. Again, we're assuming we know one person does survive. We'll come to him in a minute. And like you just said about the Kai, though, I'm going to assume that she died. Like, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they get out, they have a bit of a fight, they do kill the Alpha in the end, and uh, the. Um, so Dave and Dave's character uh, and uh, and Ella's character do have quite a nice moment, actually. So I want to talk about Dave Batista. I really enjoyed him in this movie. I thought actually his range of acting was really good. I was really impressed with him. He wasn't just um, 
Drax from from Guardians of the Galaxy, and he was. I've seen him in another film where he's like a sort of comedy action guy. Mm-hmm. I actually was really impressed that he, although he did have comedy, and he and he did have action. I felt that his range in in acting was really was really good. I loved how the emotional scenes between him and his daughter, you know, mm-hmm. sort of at the very end, and and just just generally how he carried himself. I thought he carried himself really well in this movie. I was really I really did enjoy him in this movie. It actually makes me more interested to see more stuff with Dave Bautista in. Mm-hmm. I haven't, in honesty, other than seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, I haven't been that interested in watching anything else with him in. He However, was in this that movie, movie Stuber. I've not seen that. Oh man, um, that's a so, silly silly movie. I think my standouts for this movie were definitely Dave Bautista, Ella Pennell, and again, I said it earlier, the Kai uh, played by Nora, whose surname I can't pronounce. But um, anyway, I, I really enjoyed all of them. I thought it was great ending in terms of the daughter does get some money, but she says goodbye to her father. I was really disappointed they killed Dave, Dave Bautista's character off, but it kind of brings his character to a close. Now, you all kind of think the movie's over. And I did think to myself, like, well, is that kind of it? Like, And then it's really weird because as it sort of, I think the camera sort of faded a little bit. And I did start to think, well, what about the guy in the safe? You haven't shown like, what happened to him. But then I thought, well, maybe the nuke got him. Like, and um, anyway, he comes out of, the, out of the safe, pulls himself out of the rubble. With um, three bags full of money. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he starts walking through Vegas. Now, question two, how the hell did he walk through a city that just been nuked and absolutely yeah. walk out of that fine? Like, yeah. I mean, if you walk through a city that's just been nuked, you should be dead by the time you get to the other end of that city. Like right. that radi- the radiation alone would have killed him. That's exactly what I said. Even when they were in the helicopter, I was like, you, you can't get to a safe distance, even no. in a helicopter, like radiation no. poisoning would kill all of you. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe they do die. Honestly. But when he, when he walks out of there and he he's all fine, I was like, Am I supposed to uh, supposed to think that you survived this? So anyway, I, I'm assuming the reason he survived. So he goes to the airport. He hires a jet to take him to, to Mexico. He's sitting on the jet. And I kept thinking, I'm waiting for something. Something's going to happen. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think it was what it was going to be. Nope, I sure didn't like, see that either. And, um, I thought, and when he got to that jet, I thought for certain, like, I don't know why I thought this, but like I was like, ooh, he went straight for Tanaka. Like he's going after Tanaka and he's going to get him like right away. Yeah. That was not what happened. I thought what I started to think was, I thought these two girls are suspect. Like I thought there's something about these girls, the fact they're having the, you know, they, they, okay. They've agreed too easily to have a share a glass of champagne with him. I was like, "Mm, something's going to happen. I I just can't see it. Uh, Anyway. So he goes off to the, but the moment he started to feel unwell, I was like, Oh, that's that's what the problem is he goes to the bathroom and then he sees that he's been bitten yep so another question dave batista got bit and within literally about five minutes he becomes a zombie this guy has been bitten and almost three or four hours have passed i mean did the radiation somehow extend his life i mean I, I, you know it was i mean it's just clearly what the what Zack snyder wanted was for okay, a delay but the difference delayed. was that when that dude bit Dave Batista, he literally pulled and chewed on his muscle. Like it was so maybe, a very, maybe, maybe, very deep bite. Yeah, maybe it got deeper into his blood. I don't know. Yeah. So this was, yeah, yeah more, it wasn't as deep. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, that's, so it ends with literally them saying, right, the plane's about to land in Mexico City and you realize this guy's been bitten and then the titles come up. And I did flick to the end, by the way, through the titles to check there was no mid credits or end credits scene. I was a bit disappointed there wasn't. Um, so I, I mean, I've got loads of questions here. Well, 
and we don't get any answers and i'm actually kind of happy in some ways we don't get any answers but it really does make you think there's gonna well we know there's gonna be a second one without them saying there's gonna be a second one so where did the original zombie come from right it was a government well, experiment i guess has to be yeah no 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 i don't think he was because why would they need to capture another zombie if he was a government experiment, they were hoping they, they could probably get him. I think they had much more knowledge because that was not the first team that Tanaka had sent in there. I yeah. think they had a lot more knowledge about the difference between the alphas and the and the other walkers. And they knew that the alpha was the key. So if they couldn't get the alpha, then they wanted to get the queen because they figured she might be maybe they knew she was pregnant. Like, I think they had a lot more background knowledge on that stuff. Which is yeah. why he took the head instead of just taking the blood. I just I wasn't convinced that it was an experiment because I thought, well, if they're sending in all these people, why don't they just do it again? But I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe they, or maybe it was a bit like a whole Steve Rogers thing. Maybe they did the thing once and then they couldn't reproduce it. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's So my question, was. though, was what about, why did it look like in that very end fight sequence where they're fighting to get to the elevator and it's just three of them left? It's, uh, it's Scott, it's the coyote, and it's uh, Goose. They're running through the casino, and then, like, when they're shooting some of these zombies in the head, they look like machines. Like, they they have glowing blue eyes, and it looks like they have silver under their skin. It was super bizarre. So maybe maybe that's to connect to your experiment thing. So maybe maybe it's some sort of virus, and you, maybe you're seeing the virus in the eyes. So maybe because yeah. because when they when when the alpha dies on the helicopter, he like his head splits open, and all of, there's like all of these little blue particle well, also like i mean so they do reference the fact that, they, that it's obviously a zombie army and stuff like that that's why they kind of want to capture it again but did they not see how badly it went in vegas do you not think dropping a zombie like now governments don't think that way like if you <sighs> even look at invincible with the way that that weird guy in the later episodes was kidnapping those college students and turning them into like mindless yeah cyborgs like they the cecil got his hands on him and then made him reproduce all of those experiments all over again like the government doesn't care about that kind of shit all they care about is winning let's just say america goes to war with russia you go and drop a a zombie on moscow do you not think that shit's gonna spread like you know that you're gonna end up with an entire russia of zombies i mean yeah okay you can ban travel in and out put a few barriers around it but it's gonna get out like the zombies will you know zombies don't need to breathe they can go and they don't care about like, fallout like, governments like, couldn't give two shits about fallout that's not their concern so, fallout and collateral damage are, are not an issue so and then my other thing was like the baby zombie thing again we didn't get an answer but i mean i guess i think that i think there's deliberately a lot of like kind of teasers put in this movie to make you want to watch more and I'm on board with that. So I, I, I enjoyed this movie overall. I think two and a half hours, probably slightly too long. But oh God, I think, <clears throat> no, I've said this to you before. I think anything that's at least two hours long is going to be a good movie to me because I find that anything that's like an hour and 20, hour and 30 is generally rushed. Two hours is, is a really good time. I think two and a half hours probably stretching on the longer side though. But I still, did still like it. I did like the fact that we didn't rush things and i did like actually what i thought was good roughly about an hour before the end when they said that the nuclear weapon was um had about an hour before it dropped i was like oh that's kind of cool because you kind of now put it in real time yeah so where you've had like an hour and a half build up you've now changed the last hour into real time so i thought that was a good i thought that was quite clever so yeah, yeah I, so. I i don't I, normally i don't mind long movies but i was really feeling the length of this movie and 
it got to the, I, I paused at like an hour and 40 minutes and I saw that I had over 50 minutes left and I was like, we haven't even gotten to like the climax of this movie yet and I still have almost a whole hour left. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I liked it. I mean, I'm okay with the length, really. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe they could have shaved 15 minutes off of it, but I was okay with it. I think there was a lot, a lot going on, so I was pleased. Maybe as well because of the large cast, I quite liked the longer time. I think if they'd have had a smaller, sorry, a shorter length with the same size cast, it would have definitely made me criticize this film a lot more. I think having a long, and this actually, you can compare this to. Um, the the uh, Snyder Cut, actual the genuine Snyder Cut, where he made it four hours long. It got you a chance to get familiar with the bigger cast. Where with the Whedon Cut, it was a rush bag job, and no one cared about the extra cast. So I do think sometimes giving yourself those that extra sort of half an hour gives you a bit more time to care about these characters because it's not a TV show. You've got to, yeah. in a movie, you've got to have your intro, your and your outro. And you've got to have time for, even in action films, you've got to have time to be able to actually care about the characters that you're killing off. So you've got to have enough time to set them up before mm-hmm. you kill them off. So it was it was overall, I think, done really well, this movie. And look, I know Brendan recommending zombie movies to people that don't like zombies is, is pretty tough. So <laughs> yeah, watch the movie, even if you don't like zombies. If you like heist movies, you don't mind a little bit of gore. Just yeah, don't do it, it, it so. is very much like I don't know. It's it's very much like Twenty Eight Days Later meets Ocean's Eleven meets Hurricane Heist. <laughs> like meets something really horrible. Well, but <laughs> so. like the whole premise of Hurricane Heist was was pretty much the same thing. It's like oh my god, there's a Category Five hurricane coming, and oh, we're gonna rob a bank in the middle of the hurricane, so nobody's gonna notice what happens. Okay, but you can't really fight against the hurricane, but sure, whatever. So we should probably bring this to a close, but I honestly gen- genuinely enjoyed this film and I would I would actually be quite up for watching a second one. I, I, I would imagine what's going to happen with a second is that we'll have a brand new cast. Um, I, in I Mexico City. Yeah, in Mexico City, yeah. So I, 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 I hopefully they'll bring in some decent actors and actresses to make us care. I can't see they'll repeat the... Um, heist you never know though he might just he might not bother making a sequel he might be quite happy to leave it as it is and just leave you think leave you thinking i think we, i'd be okay with with no sequel like do you think it needs a sequel or not no it doesn't really need one especially because one. you literally killed off everyone except for kate yeah and you don't... and technically vanderwell is still alive but i mean not for much longer probably for another, probably for another 10 minutes like, yeah. so i don't think you really need a sequel but it's kind of set one up um yeah. but it's kind of like you could just have a standalone movie like this and you just leave you thinking that they've just gone and fucked themselves so and i don't imagine they'll be able to contain mexico city so it could be that the sequel is much bigger so yeah. but yeah, it just leaves you thinking, well, what would be the plot? Because they could, they're not going to do a heist movie again. So, or if they did, that would be really boring. So, anyway, we rated this four out of five. I, I personally loved it. And um, I'd, I'd, I'd be keen to see what happens next. But, again, I'm okay if they leave it as is. Yeah, I gave a little ground. I don't think I would have, I would not have given it a four on my own. But uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hate it. I, I did oh. not dislike this movie. I enjoyed it, but it was too fucking long. Alrighty, so our next review is pilot season. So this time for pilot season, we're actually reviewing an anime, one of my favorite anime, actually. So there's no question, she's starving right now. She must have been craving a feast right from the start, even her own brother. But she protected him, 
and turned her attention to me. I wonder if, just maybe, these two are different. Uh, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba. Uh, the manga is published in the U.S. by Viz Media, and the anime is, uh, the studio behind it is Ifotable. So the anime is directed by Haruo Sodazaki, and the manga is written by Koyuhara Gotuge. Now, this, this series is fairly new, both the manga and the um, anime. Uh, the, the manga started in, <clears throat> in 2018. And this anime was released in 2019, and it won Anime of the Year from Crunchyroll in uh, February of 2020. Uh, since then, the first season was 26 episodes. There was a follow-up film to the first season. Now, the arc in the film, they felt like it was not going to be long enough to make an entire season out of, which is why they went with the film instead. Mugen Train has made... $423 million domestically in the U.S. And that film was released in April of 2021. So now it came out in Japan in October of 2020. And Demon Slayer, Mugen Train, became the highest grossing film in Japan ever. Uh, so basically what I'm trying to tell Mark here is this series, Demon Slayer, is one of the most critically acclaimed, not oh, just I, anime, I but like film properties in the entire world. I knew, I knew as well. I did look it up, but obviously not everybody listening knows. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's basically universally loved. It is loved by fans. It is loved by critics. It's, it's a kind of a, a slow burn show. So I can understand if you just watch the first episode, how you might not understand uh, everything that's going on because they really don't explain anything in the first episode. But I think this first episode kind of lays out the groundwork pretty well. So a short summary of the Demon Slayer universe. The series revolves around a young kid. His name is Tanjiro Kamado um, and his sister Nezuko. Tanjiro is the oldest of seven children. His father died when he was much younger. And so he kind of helps his mom raise the rest of his siblings. They live in this very remote cabin on a, on a snowy mountain. And he sells charcoal down at the base of the mountain in the village or the town. And he kind of does odd jobs and that's how they kind of earn money. So one day he leaves and he's like, okay, I'm going to go sell this whole basket of charcoal. And he doesn't make it back home before dark. So one of his neighbors sees him as he's trying to go up the mountain and the neighbor is kind of like, no, 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 no. You're going to come and come stay with me for the night and then you can go home in the morning. And Tanjiro is like, I'll be fine. Like for, for whatever reason, which is something they don't explain, at least not in the first season. Um, he has this really heightened sense of smell. So he can smell animals. He can smell people. He can smell blood. Like he can smell lots and lots of different things. And Tanjiro is like, no, man, I'm good. Like, I, I, I can smell what I'm walking into, so I'll be fine going up the mountain. And the neighbor is like, no, no, you can't really, but the, there's demons, so just stay here for the night and you can go home in the morning. So Tanjiro stays, wakes up the next morning, leaves, and comes upon this horrific scene of his entire family murdered, blood all over the snow. And it's a very graphic scene. Like, heads are turned in in very horrible directions it's just it's awful it's i mean literally like dead babies it is it is terrible and he loses his mind um so basically that's kind of that's how this series starts but the the way that 
the pilot episode of Demon Slayer opens. It is a cold open. There is no music. There is there's no title card. It literally opens on Tanjiro with a and if if you've never seen it before, it opens with a kid carrying a another kid on his back who is bleeding from the head and you can tell that this the kid that he's carrying is not in a good way and it's just like literally running through this endless snowy woods kind of sequence so when it first opens you're like the hell is going on what happened to that kid um and so then it jumps us back and then tells us the story of how we got to the point where tondro is running through the woods with his sister on his back and We've been spending a lot of time lately talking about flashbacks. And this, I think, is is one of the places where flashbacks was used very effectively. Because if this story had started off with the nice, lovely, friendly family banter, hey, take me with you to town. No, you walk too slow. Like, if it had started off that way, I don't think it would have had the same kind of impact as it had when it started off instead with a cold open and a half-dead girl on another kid's back and the kid is running through the snowy woods with no village, no people, no nothing else in sight. Um, so that's that's probably one of my favorite cold opens. I was gonna ever. say that's that's something they do quite a lot in um, like procedurals, you know. Mm-hmm. Like um, I'm just trying to think. I, I I don't watch it, but I saw an episode the other day of nine one one, and the first five minutes were like really shocking. There was an earthquake, mm-hmm. building sort of fell slightly over. It's absolute chaos, literally everywhere. You know. And then I think I think it may have flashed up nine one one or whatever it flashes up, and then it suddenly came. And then after that came, it said eighteen hours earlier, and right. I was like, uh, and then suddenly it's like I don't know people chilling out and barbecue or whatever. Yeah, and I was a bit like, oh, and like like I said, I don't watch the show, but I did can't I did watch that first ten minutes because I was like, wow, that was a really amazing beginning, like yeah. the earthquake, the absolute chaos, but yeah. it really sucked you in, like yes, and it got exactly. you like thinking, it got you thinking, I want that, like, I want to see more. Right. Um. So with that, with this, yeah. So with this, um, obviously episode of Demon Slayer, I, I, I've never watched Demon Slayer before. I know you, you've obviously watched it before, but I, I had never watched it, and so I thought that was a pretty cool intro to see something like chaos going on, mm-hmm. you know, all that, all that kind of shit, shit going on, and I was like. Okay, okay, I'm like intrigued, and then like you say, then it kind of jumps to the to, uh, to, uh, to yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. What I did like was though how we came back to that point. So I thought that was pretty cool when it came back to that point. That I like, I like it when TV shows do do stuff, or well, even movies when do stuff like that. Yeah, um, where they kind of show you a little bit of something that's coming up, but not enough to spoil the story for you, but to, right. to hook you in. So it was a good, it was a good teaser at the beginning. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed enjoyed it overall. I I actually did watch the first two episodes because I just wanted to get a flavour of what this show is about. And as mm-hmm. they're only like twenty two two three minutes long, yeah, I thought, oh well, I'll watch the first two. I know we called it pilot season, but I decided to watch the first two episodes just to get uh, a, fur, a sort of a feeler for what this show is about. So, like I say, there was the um, oh, there's this family dynamic between the brother and sister, and mm-hmm. I would definitely say watching the first two episodes make me feel uncomfortable like you know the whole demon thing and the sister and and the way the way the demon is more is more like a when they say a demon it's more like a vampire and again it's a bit like um, what we yeah. were talking about earlier in army of the dead it was like a, a vampire zombie almost like mm-hmm. it was like a mind mindless zombie, uh, zombie however in the second episode you come across a demon who's got 
intelligence and can have a conversation so yeah. i don't know i don't know if there's some hierarchy in this like oh alphas, yes there alphas is and well, I, so i didn't know if there was the case or whether it was a case of do the demons evolve like and go from being mutes and non-communicative to as they get more comfortable becoming intelligent creatures and stuff like that mm-hmm. so there obviously there's some element of intelligence in the door uh, sorry in the sister because she recognizes that's her brother or at least someone she loves and cares right. about because you see in the first episode her protecting her brother so um you know i i definitely think there's a lot more to this a big build-up and stuff um you can see there's a good ground um a lot of groundwork is done in the first two episodes yeah and um i i would say for me like i don't like a lot of anime tv shows i prefer anime movies however watching these first two series other than the fact that it did make me feel a little bit uncomfortable the whole actual demon thing which i know is the premise of the show did make me feel a little bit uncomfortable but i when i watched it i thought um, there's only one thing I didn't like, really, if I'm being totally honest, but it's, it seems to be like this anime trope that they do everywhere. Um, actually, I'll tell you about the thing I didn't like was when they make the boy, the male characters, like emotional and like over exaggerate. And I know that's probably part of anime and manga and stuff like that. But like when they just, you know, the lines all coming out of their heads, you know, like the, and they're like, uh, eyes suddenly jump out of their thing and, you know, they panic over things. And, you know, they talked about it a lot in the second episode about how he's indecisive and all that. So I thought, okay, well, I know they've played into this whole exaggeration thing, but maybe it's because they're setting the groundwork here for the fact that over the next 26 episodes he's going to evolve and by episode 26 he's going to be some kick-ass ninja master or something like that who's not going to make any indecision like you know because you always have character growth especially over yeah. tv series over movies you don't have as much time for growth but over 26 episodes you would want to see your character start from one point and be up by the end of the final episode be at another point otherwise yeah. Otherwise, it becomes The Simpsons, really. And I think that's so, why this, this season is 26 episodes versus n- normally uh, anime is kind of like 12 or 13 episodes a season. So it's it's almost like a double-sized season. But it's it, it's for that reason. It's it's like you said, the Tanjiro that you meet in the pilot episode is not the Tanjiro that is in the yeah, finale. Yeah. Not so, even a little bit. So as long as they calm down that whole... Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, I don't what do we do. All that, you know, no, they. Do. Uh, I mean, they they do with with Tanjiro, but then they introduce another character who is very <sighs> yelly, very very I, yelly. That that's something they do in a lot of anime, and I yeah. really don't like it. Like that's probably you know even in bloody and that's studio, just a personal preference, you know, studio Ghibli type things they do it, and I'm like, come on, we don't need the 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 crying boy all the time, like you know, um, like when they when they suddenly like I don't know like a girl flirt with them, and suddenly they go red face, and they're like. Argh like you know wave their hands in the air and i'm like people don't do this in real life like you know so um but this is know, not real life it's anime no, i know, no, I know but I know. It, it happens a lot it happens a lot so if that's right. if that's something that you don't like then there's very very few anime that you would ever actually <laughs> no no i no i no i i like watching anime but i i don't watch enough of it as like you do but i i, I do let that go but it, but when they do it i'm like oh come on man can't we just just 
this this does not bother like like what i mean is the creators can't they just for once just let it go but no it's just a personal it's just a personal criticism and there's lots of tv series that i watch where they do stuff as well that you know is you know one of one of the things i always say whenever i watch a, i don't watch that many procedurals but when you watch a procedural for instance that they've got barely any evidence they've got the guy in the interview room but because it's a procedural that he cracks by the you know in the in the 15 59th minute or the 49th minute or whatever you're watching and i and i and i'm like Come on, man! All that evidence was circumstantial, circumstantial, but they, but because it's procedural, they give in by the end of the episode, and they go right, okay, you're being arrested, you're charged, whatever. And I'm like, all he needed to do was not break down, just stay straight faced, <laughs> and, and like all the, the evidence they had was so weak, that's why they've kept at you. But you just give in, like I don't know. It's the same with loads of procedurals. I hate it when I see a procedural and the, and the criminal gives in, like, and I'm just and it, it annoys me so much because I just think, why don't the criminal just just say no? Like, I don't do it. Most criminals are really stupid. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, maybe that's what it is. Just maybe, maybe all these hotshot FBI and police guys that we follow week in week out are unfortunately going up against stupid criminals which i guess there is a lot of stupid criminals so but no no there's a lot of things in in tv shows that you can easily criticize but yeah that was just my criticism but anyway things like i love the animation in this so the yeah. animation was so well done it was it gets it was, better it's really like high high level you know there's there's some anime tv shows i've seen where i'm not too hot on the animation yep. but this was really well done you can tell they put a lot of money into this yeah um i but i, I will like... tell you now i i recommended this one because uh I, I love the story it's a great story but if you personally cannot get past the yelly character you will never ever enjoy the series ever no, I probably no. I, I could still watch it with that stuff going on. I'm just saying, I don't like. It's not. I don't like it. You know. No, I, I, you because I mean, they they introduce another character in another three or four. Well, episodes, who's even and more? Literally, annoying. his entire character is. He's in not that like. Way. He's not like Jar Jar Binks bad, is he? Yes. Like, oh really? Oh, yes. God. I, I'm now intrigued to see if I will hate that person. I might watch more now just to see okay, if I actually do. And I you do, will know uh, him immediately when you meet him. Like, it's uh, not going to be a question. Well, yeah. That's clearly a bad move on their part. So. <laughs> right. Do you know what? One of the things I really liked in the first episode, though, was um, uh, they come across the sword guy, the sword fighting guy, whose name I don't remember. He's a um, demon slayer. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I knew he was a demon slayer. So he comes across this demon slayer who wants to kill his sister. And he wants to save his sister and i thought this was so clever like that he throws the axe in the air as he throws a stone at the same time and he's sort of running around in a circle and as he charges at him but the demon slayer obviously was very experienced so he the the, the axe just literally goes straight past his head and i think that's what probably changed the demon slayer's opinion of of um the brother and sister and gives them a chance that's yeah. how i into that but i thought that was so clever i thought that's a really clever idea there throwing the axe as a, and then distracting him with a stone mm-hmm. but then putting your arm behind your back to look like you still got the axe in your hand i thought that that was a good good twist so yeah. no yeah i i would say overall i i did enjoy definitely like the pilot but I, I like i say the first two episodes the second episode for me does really entrance the idea of what, what's gonna happen going forward so i think it was good to watch the first two episodes to get an idea of i think the first episode doesn't really tell you too much about what episode two onwards will look like yeah I think. exactly I think the first episode was more of an introduction to the brother and sister. The first whilst... episode is to endear you to the characters enough to want to tune in to see if he yeah. can keep his promise to the demon slayer that he will find a cure for his sister. 
Yeah, and then the second episode starts to set up about potential training for him as a demon slayer. So, so if I didn't mention it before, the the thing is, his sister was turned by a demon, which implies that a demon is who killed the rest of his family. So his sister was the only one to survive, which is why he's carrying her on his back in the opening scene, because he's trying to get back down to the bottom of the mountain to get her to a doctor. And as he's going down the mountain, that's when she turns into a demon. And at first she does try to attack him, but he refuses to hurt her. And so the whole time he is, is the whole time she's attacking him, he keeps saying like, uh, it's me. It's, you know me, I'm your brother, you're my sister. I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna find a way to fix this. Please, please let me fix this. And, and it's something in her clicks. So what they never ever explain as the series goes on, and maybe that's something that's gonna be coming in season two, which was just announced. Uh, the first trailer for season two was announced uh, this week. So um, it could be one of those things where it's like, maybe her blood is special. And that's why she's been able to resist the pull of the demons. And that's why the Demon Slayer Giyu, um is so shocked because he knows that she was just turned and usually the hunger gets to you before anything else. And she won't attack her own brother. Like she, she protects him and then she fights the Demon Slayer to, to protect her brother. So he's never seen a demon protect a human before. Uh, so that aspect is kind of, the biggest thing that pulled me in the first time I watched the series because I was like huh so you have surprised a an obviously very well-trained demon slayer to the mm. point where he has literally given you the contact information for his his master that trained him and it's like okay here's the deal go see this guy tell him I sent you and he'll set you on the right path and maybe we'll meet again um but I I have to say I like this pilot doesn't give you the full breadth of the series as Tanjiro comes into sort of the the more he learns about demons the more he learns about the people that hunt demons it becomes something so much bigger and so much greater and then the animation goes to just like 11 i mean it it it's so fantastic when we get i've got to a them. question for you actually like you've watched both the english and the japanese version like something i was wondering because i only watched the english version was you know there's some scenes in the first two episodes where he's kind of narrating what's going on that's yeah. like but his mouth say isn't moving or his mouth is say fixed in an open wide position mm-hmm. but he's still talking and some of the conversation that's happening is sometimes it's almost like he's talking to the person next to him but again his mouth isn't moving and they're not responding now what i was wondering was is that like is that because of the translation from japan or did they not even have that voiceover bit in the japanese version where like is it, is it exactly the same is it is it literally like a japanese person narrating over those scenes where his mouth is just not moving or do you remember yeah, so or? in those scenes it's it's not clear in either version but it's it's a voiceover he's not talking so, at all okay so, so it's all it's all like a third person narrating um, because some of it is done in such a way that it's like he, he's talking to somebody but no one's responding and his mouth isn't moving but so uh, yeah it's obviously a narration then but it, it isn't overly clear so but yeah. uh, I, I gathered it was narration because his mouth wasn't moving but so, a lot of the things he says 
almost like how we would be talking to somebody so that yeah. was a bit that was a bit confusing so I, I just had to put it down to the fact that it was a narration so yeah it was it was there's a lot of exposition um throughout the series actually so it'll be a lot of times where he's doing something by himself but he's talking to himself essentially mm. um so he's he's very he he does that throughout the whole series so it, it takes him getting used to but once you realize that that's what he's doing you almost don't notice it as you keep watching so yeah no i i, I will watch some more because i i definitely now curious about your jar jar binks character that's sure, but... <laughs> i promise you as soon as you meet him you'll know you'll you'll text <laughs> me and you'll be like i ah, found him um so one of the characters and the thing with demon slayer it was so popular that when I started it, I knew who all of these characters were before I started watching it, just because I had seen memes and it was kind of, it was just in my circle of things that I was into. And one of the characters that they talk about so much and they get so much like meme time um, is the character Inosuke, which for most people who don't know his name, he's the kid that wears the boar head. Um, and like they don't introduce him probably until like the 10th or 11th episode so as i was watching i was just kind of like is this boar kid ever gonna show up like what the hell and then when he finally shows up it was totally worth it my favorite little weird piece about this entire series is that inosuke can never ever remember tanjiro's name ever he calls him every name under the sun but his own name um, and it's just like a running gag throughout the whole series. And it's so, it just cracks me up every time. Cause like at one point, uh, Tanjiro is like, you know, we've been together for a while now and you still don't know my name. And Inosuke is so offended by that. He's like, I know your damn name. <laughs> and Tanjiro is like, okay, what's my name? And he gives him like five wrong answers. <laughs> and he, it just, anyway, it's hilarious. But based on the, based on the pilot alone, I, I hope that the pilot is enough to pull people in because the pilot is very like mysterious. It's, it's very, why did this entire family get killed? Why is the sister not turning into a demon like everyone expects her to be the kind of demon? Um, how is Tanjiro so good at basically horrible combat, but like that whole hatchet trick was really, really awesome. Um, like there's so, there's so many questions I have about this family and about the series. And yeah. the, the first episode gonna, is definitely what, what pulled me in. I was going to say, like, obviously your knowledge of anime is a lot stronger than mine. If people haven't watched this, like, is there something that they may have watched that they might, if they like something else, that they'd like this? Or Anybody who has seen Jujutsu Kaisen, which was another recent anime, it came out last, I think, winter, so probably October of 2020. Um, it's another one that kind of deals with demons and curses and curse spirits and that sort of thing. So it's in the same realm of people trying to figure out what is causing the curses and the demons to do what it is that they do and how they can stop it from happening. Um, but I will say, as far as Tanjiro is concerned, the main character for this series, Demon Slayer, I, there are very, very few characters in anime that are as endearing as he is. He is so pure of heart and he is so determined and he is so just sort of innocent in his, in his like ideals that drive him forward to, to fix quote unquote, what happened to his sister. Um, very, very few characters kind of make you feel 
as connected to them the way that he does. And the only two that come to my mind immediately uh, for anybody who watches Fruits Basket, that would be Toru, who is probably one of the main characters or the main character of Fruits Basket. She is, she is just this phenomenal self selfless character that gives so much to everybody else in the series. And the other person that comes to mind is Izuku Midoriya from My Hero Academia or Deku. Um, so I, I think Tanjiro is, is probably one of the best and most heartwarming characters that you'll ever come across in anime. So what would you rate this, Jasmine? Well, I would have rated it much higher, but we we agreed upon giving it four out of five. Yeah. I think that was a fair, though. Because like, if you're saying it gets better, then you can't start a five. Like, well, yeah, but definitely, like, uh, overall, the season, I would give the this season a five, for sure, because it it, it tells a near-perfect story. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was, I think it was a good, like, first two episodes. I know we were, like, we're just ranking the pilot, though, so, yeah, four out of five, so. Yeah. And that's this month's pilot season. Next episode. Now, next episode, you'll actually see us before, oh, wow. oh, wow. before you hear us. Wow. So, we're not going to spoil next episode. You'll have to wait. Um, however, the next time we are going to be on the airwaves uh, or the interwebs, we'll be on Rockin' Robbie's Pop Culture Philosopher's Movie uh, review that he does every Friday night. So it's going to kill me to do this. It's going to be really late for me. So it's going to be live on Friday night, June 4th at, what is it, 9 p.m. Central, I think. Yeah, so, I think so. It's real late for you. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to have sleep first. So they're, <laughs> they're reviewing The Long Kiss Goodnight. Which oh, I'm, man. I'm, I've never seen it. Or oh, I don't remember what? seeing it. I don't, no, I don't remember seeing it. I say that. I say that. I don't remember seeing it. Let, let me let me double check. It like, is 100% my favorite Gina Davis film, period. Okay. No questions asked. I love A League of Their Own, but nothing tops The Longest Goodnight. Well, that's next Friday, and then our regular podcast will drop on Sunday. Yes. And don't forget, we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our seventh Late to the Party Book Club episode uh, was They Called Us Enemy by George Takei, Justin Isinger, and Steve Scott. The art is by Harmony Becker. That episode just dropped at the end of May. And our book club has taken a break for the month of June, but we will be back in July. And once we decide what we're reading in July, we'll be sure to let you know. You can follow us on social media. We are Geeks Unleashed everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, we are everywhere. So please give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Have a good week. Cheers for listening. Bye. Bye.